0: Every time we begin mass, we always acknowledge our sins, and there's different penitential acts we can choose. There's actually three penitential acts we can choose. Uh, but this morning we use something called the confidior. We're probably familiar with this, right? I confess to Almighty God, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned and my thoughts and my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Do we ever stop and think about what we have failed to do? That's called, by the way, sins of omission. When we're prompted to, to, by the Holy Spirit to reach out to someone, when we're prompted by, by the Holy Spirit to, to show love to a neighbor, to show love to a sick person, to show love to the poor. But we don't do it. That would be called a sin of omission. And we hear about that today in this parable. We've, we've heard this parable many times, so much so that what can happen is we start to glaze over when deacon's reading it. We can start daydreaming about the gophers going to the Rose Bowl or whatever it may, may be, right? But that's not what we're called to do. We're called to listen attentively and figure out why exactly was this rich man cast into Hades Hades by the way is what? Hades is hell the place for those who we want to use an interpretation from the Bible here we want to use an interpretation from Greek those who are cast to the damned where there's a separation where there's a great chasm we hear between heaven and hell and there's nothing that can help them cross over and who was sent there by the way? This rich man. This rich man who what? Who dines sumptuously every day, who is who dressed in fine purple garments. So hearing this, by the way, means not only was he rich, he was abundantly rich. To eat meat every single day? That's unheard of in Jesus' time. To be dressed in purple garments means that he could afford the most expensive clothes out there because purple dye was the hardest dye to attain and so you could tell that he truly was rich and that God had blessed him abundantly with material goods throughout his life but what was he doing with it was he helping those in need was he only being self-centered you know at first when we when we read this account especially if, if you're reading it from a Jewish account you're going to even ask yourself, where is his sin? It's not like he was going against necessarily the, the Ten Commandments. It doesn't say he wasn't praying. It doesn't say he wasn't honoring his, his parents. It doesn't say he was, he was killing in a certain sense, right? It doesn't say that he was adulterous. And so then why is he cast into Hades? Hades. It's because of that sin of omission. Because every single day, there was Lazarus standing outside the gates, laying outside uh, the gates of his house. So he's even living in a gated community, by the way, right? There is Lazarus covered with sores who would gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Where have we heard that before? i well, gladly have ate of what? the pods for the swine from the prodigal son. And so when this judgment happens, and the rich man is cast into the Netherworld, and Lazarus is raised up to the bosom of Abraham, there's this great separation. And something telling happens right away, too. This rich man knows Lazarus' name. He can't say, I, I, didn't, I didn't know he was there. He knows his name. And by the way, this is the only parable in which we have a name, Lazarus. What a name was was given uh, to him. Of course, we can think back to, to Martha and Mary and their brother Lazarus, who, by the way, was raised from the dead. And still, they did not believe in Christ. Ooh, we could see some things happening here, can't we? Right? But there it is. And so even as this last statement, if they'll not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. This rich man now, who is in Hades, treats with respect and love Abraham, but he's still trying to treat Lazarus like a servant, someone who is below him, even though now he's above him in heaven. Why is he cast there? Yes, we could say because of the gluttony, the sin of the gluttony, the sin of, of living a life of luxury. But most importantly, living this life of omission, of loving your neighbor as yourself. Christ came to give himself completely to each and every one of us. And not just the chosen people. He came into this world for the whole world to share his love with everyone. He is that perfect example of giving up one's life for one's friend. He wants all of us to be his friend. He treats each and every one of us as a son and daughter. And this is what he calls for us to do as well. We go back to those two main commandments that that Jesus preaches about. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. And for all we know, this rich man was doing this. But that second commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. And did this rich man see Lazarus as his neighbor? No. He saw him as someone who was below him. Someone who maybe couldn't even touch because it's very possible, it's not for certain, that even Lazarus may have had leprosy. And so he couldn't go near those sores because what if I get it? And yet what does Jesus do when he encounters lepers? He ministers to them. He touches them. He loves them in a way that we'd want to be loved, that he'd want to be loved as well. And this is what it means to be a Christian. This is what it means to, to be a Catholic. Not only loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our mind and all of our soul, but loving our neighbor as ourself as well. This is what St. John, the Gospel writer, has to say about this. He says, I the one who says, I love God and hates his brother is a liar. Whoever ever said those words? I hate, insert the name, insert the political party, insert, insert whatever. Oof. It's hard to love sometimes. And it's much harder to love our neighbor than it is to love God. It takes effort. It takes extreme effort to do it. Why? Well, because we can see their imperfections and we can see how maybe they've offended us and we can see our own imperfections as well. But this is what Christ is telling each and every one of us uh, to do, to love our neighbor as ourself. St. Blessed, uh, Blessed Mariam uh, Columba, Columba Marmium, uh, says, says this. That is why we never forget this. For it is one of the most important parts of supernatural life. To abandon the least of our brethren is to abandon Christ himself. To abandon the least of our brethren, brothers and sisters, is to abandon Christ himself. And so what we must do is reach out to those who are in need, those who are sick, those who are poor, those who are lonely. We must listen to those promptings of the Holy Spirit. And when we do this, we can love them in the same way that Christ loves us. I'll use a couple of examples of, of saints and then a modern-day person as well, I think we're all very familiar with. The saint, first saint I want to mention is maybe you've heard this story before or not, is St. Martin de Tours. Uh, and St. Martin was a soldier. and He was a catechumen. He was, he was getting ready to be, to be baptized, but he was walking down uh, the road uh, one day and he sees a poor man who's shivering in the cold. St. Martin has nothing Uh, to to give him. So moved with compassion, he divides his mantle, his coat, in half and shares it with him. The following night our Lord appears to him clad in that part of the mantle given to the poor man. And Martin entrapped hears Jesus Christ say to the angels who accompany him, Martin, while yet only a catechumen, gave me this mantle. It goes back to that scripture passage. When I was poor, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me water. When you were naked, you clothed me. And they say, Lord, we never did this to you. When you did it to the least of one of my children, you did to me. St. Elizabeth of Hungary, she was a queen. She had many, many resources, but she had a great and generous heart. One day, her husband, the duke, was, was out of town, and St. Elizabeth was... Uh, met a leper who was abandoned by all. So she took this leper into her own house, her own castle, placed him in her bed, and started to minister to him. When her husband came home the next day, he was very upset. He was upset that St. Elizabeth Elizabeth would bring this, this leper into their house. And he went to go kick the leper out of the house and when he looked, he saw lying on the bed was Christ crucified himself. Hmm. To see Christ in the poor, to see Christ in the needy, to see Christ in our neighbor, even who have different beliefs than us. This past week, if you received the Catholic Spirit, there was a great story in there of Mary Jo Copeland who started sharing and caring hands, who started Mary's Place. Mary Jo has dedicated her life ever since her children grew up uh, to ministering uh, to those who are on the peripheries, those who really maybe even other homeless shelters can't take in. She doesn't receive any government funding. It's all through donations. And now at an older age, she's much more blunt with those who come in contact with her as well. She seems to always have this gift. Every morning, by the way, Mary Jo Copeland goes and prays. She prays in front of uh, the tabernacle. And then she'll go to the breakfast line at Sharing and Caring in Hands. And she'll be there and people flock to her asking her for help. A bus token. Money for a suit so they can go interview. Money so they can even go to a twins game because they've never been to one and buy concessions. She doesn't care what it's for. She just wants them to be honest. And some she says yes, and some she says no to. But she always gives them something else. She gives them a rosary, or she gives them a prayer. Here are the ones that society may have abandoned, and there she is. Not living that life of omission, but living that life of giving one completely to those around them. We all can't be Mary Jo Copeland, I know that. But who is the Lazarus in your life? Is there a neighbor in your neighborhood who you know is lonely, who has been widowed? Is there a coworker going through a difficult time? Is there someone in the hospital? Is there someone in your life that you know needs your love? Don't omit that love. Be with them. Minister with them. Love them including those maybe that are really difficult to love. Mm. It takes effort. But we can do this when we go to Christ and ask him for his help. And we can respond generously, just like God responds generously to us.